Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. You're listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. Next, we have HBO. We have Andrew Larkin, who is the Senior Manager of Accessibility. He has 10, they have 10 years of experience working in the media field and in cable. He might have worked with someone with someone else on this panel at one time in mm-hmm. uh, helping making entertainment accessible. Andrew is also very much involved in um, making the workforce more accessible. And he has had a long history in making digital media accessible for all. And they, HBO is one of the newest uh, streaming services to offer audio description as well. Welcome aboard, Andrew. Thank, thank you so much. Um, and thank you for that <clears throat> lovely introduction. Um, yeah, uh, it's funny that you, you had mentioned before that you had worked with, with Tom, um, because I may have as well. Um, it just goes to show how... Um, how tight of a group of a community we can ultimately be. Um, so it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you all. And it's, it's really a pleasure to be here with, with so many other uh, the streaming providers. Um, you know, for those that you don't know, for those of you that don't know much about HBO Max, um, HBO Max is the su- successor to um, HBO's um, HBO Go and HBO Now service. Um, and really it was um, an effort to kind of bring even more great content to even more people. Um, it's really about storytelling and it's really about, you know, focusing on the experience of our, of our viewers and our, and, and making sure that they're, um, they're getting to see some of the best work that they possibly can see. Um, HBO Max does bring together, um, content from HBO, from Warner Brothers, from DC, um, from Turner Classic Movies. Um, Cartoon Network, and and, then a lot more. Um, So there's a lot of really great content that's available. Um, I want to, we have a really great team of people. um, And I I really want to take a moment to mention um, that among those people, so I can speak a lot to what's going on with HBO and HBO Max. Um, Anything that's really about Warner Media at large, um, there's a wonderful person uh, by the name of Janet Ritz, um, who is, runs our Accessibility Center of Excellence for Warner Media. Um, and she, I work with her very closely with her and she's an excellent person, um, you know, to answer questions about, uh, some of the other products that are within the Warner media umbrella. It's a really exciting time for HBO max. Um, not only have we, uh, launched audio descriptions, um, not only have we, um, really, you know, started making some great improvements to the overall accessibility of the experience. Um, we've also just um, offered, we've started offering um, a tiered uh, plan so that we offer um, a, an ad experience for $9.99 a month and we offer the ad-free experience for $14.99 a month. Um, this really has allowed us to bring the quality entertainment to even more people. Um, we've also just, and this is very exciting, launched in uh, the Latam market, in the Latin America market. Um, in 39 um, regions and plans this year to actually extend that to even more in Europe. Uh, so we are growing internationally. Um, 
I think the big thing that's exciting about HBO Max is that uh, over the last year, since December, um, we've been releasing uh, blockbuster movies, uh, movies same day as theater release on HBO Max. Um, and one of the things that I think is really exciting about this is that um, all of those films have audio description tracks. And since we in, uh, turned audio description on, um, all of the same day as theater releases have released with audio description tracks. Um, so this means that our customers who are at home who are looking forward to seeing films like Judas and the Black Messiah, um, Godzilla versus Kong, um, In the Heights, Space Jam, which just actually launched this past week, um, can enjoy that content with audio description. Um, we as a company have committed to delivering um, a certain amount of content with audio description. Um, and we, 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 we stood up for that and, and uh, we're gonna continue to do that year over year. Um, we also uh, are looking into, now that we've expanded into international markets, we are looking into um, also introducing audio described tracks in other languages um, so that our customers in Latin America, in Europe can also experience um, these, 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 this content in the, the language of their choice. Um, currently, we support audio descriptions on um, iOS and Android and all of our web platforms. Um, and we've also uh, enabled audio description on um, additional platforms, including Samsung, um, Xfinity X1 and Flex, uh, Android TV, um, Apple TV, Roku, Fire TV, um, and also on DirecTV uh, devices. And, um, you know, for us, you know, there's, there's been, it's really been a focus on making sure that we're providing um, really a great experience for our customers. Um, you know, one of the things that was really cool uh, is how I was kind of excited because we had the audio description tracks for In the Heights, which is a musical. And we really, it was, and there was an effort to actually make sure that we were creating that inclusive experience um, because, you know, it is such an audible experience, but, you know, there's, and there's so much movement in action. Um, I was actually watching one of the classics the other day, Wizard of Oz, um, which is also, again, you know, very musical. And just seeing some of the interesting ways um, that we were able to, uh, to insert audio descriptions, um, for example, um, being able to use, uh, you know, lulls in the, in the vocalization, um, ducking the content, the music when we're doing the audio description, and even um, inserting audio description in repeated refrains and verses um, so that we can actually accommodate both the experience and enjoyment of the music, but also um, really kind of give people a sense of that action. To kind of head off your question about the, the text-to-speech, uh, we, we actually... Um, we actually strive to really have our content voice acted. Um, first and foremost, we're a company, we're an entertainment company. And, you know, our value is really to create great entertainment. Um, so it makes sense. Um, you've asked questions about whether or not we actually do uh, provide uh, content in surround sound. Um, all of our audio descriptions tracks are currently in stereo only but there has been internal discussions to actually increase that. 
also, you know, whenever, whenever, whenever content, when, because we own a lot of the content, you know, if that content ever does actually, you know, go elsewhere, you know, that we're really committed to making sure that that content is um, being advertised as audio descriptions, because I think that's, you know, really the important part, right, is to make sure that this content is actually that when we are making content available, that we're also, you know, we're highlighting the fact that it has the audio description. Um, you know, and we're really committed. I mean, we've come a long way, you know, since we've launched, but we're really committed in actually in trying to get even better. And to that point, you know, we've really invested in making available to our customers um, points of contact through our customer service center. Um, they have received training um, in accessibility and audio description and are capable of actually answering, of capable, capable of answering questions pertaining to accessibility and audio description. Um, and, and we also have our help site, help.hbomax.com, um, which does um, provide a lot of questions um, and self-help documentations uh, to help assist users in being able to solve common accessibility problems. And we're always updating that. Um, that site is accessible um, via screen reader um, and keyboard access. Uh, so uh, that is available and there is an opportunity to do live chat um, through that portal as well. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, you know, HBO Max has really, really made some, some really great strides. Um, I'm really proud to, to, to work with a company. Um, we have, like I mentioned before, some really, really great talent. As a matter of fact, uh, HBO Max is hiring if, if you are looking um, for an opportunity to work in, in the industry. And, and yeah, you know, we, we do strive to bring in um, people with disabilities. You mentioned that, you know, uh, I, I work a lot with equity and inclusion within the company. Um, it's near and dear to my heart. And, um, you know, that is something that is out there. Really, you know, we're, we're constantly launching new content with tracks available. Um, and I think Really, I think the thing that's been most exciting to watch is the quality. Um, I remember when I was watching uh, Godzilla versus Kong for the first time, um, and you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker for monster movies, um, <laughs> and I I was watching it. And uh, for those of you that aren't aware, there's one of the characters. Uh, she is uh, she she's there's a little girl who is deaf, um, and she uses sign language. And so the first thing that you might think to yourself is, how do you handle the sign language? And I watched it. And what we did is we, we actually hired a different voice actor to voice this little girl's signs. Um, so, and, and the signs of, of the other woman in the, in the series that actually was, was signing to her. Um, that to me was something that I was really proud of. I think that it really indicates you know, that this is not, it's not just enough to narrate. It's really, it's really about creating that entertainment experience that I think is, is really, really important. Um, you know, and I mean, I, I will say, you know, I, I've watched all of the, the Snyderverse films and, you know, take them or leave them in the quality. I, you know, but I, I actually was amazed um, personally because you know, Batman versus Superman, which is, you know, a cheesy film. Um, when you turn on the audio description tracks, uh, you, you end up with having this, this comic book style narration um, that really 
adds to the experience. Um, and now we have people, you know, who, you know, who don't rely on technology like audio descriptions, who are turning them on and enjoying these experiences as well. As well. And I think that means a lot. Um, you know, we have a lot of work to do, um, but, and we're gonna keep working on it, but I am really, really excited about where we're going and, and looking forward to the future. So Warner Media, yes, which is part of 8PO Max, or 8PO Max is part of Warner Media Group. Correct. Cover TBS, TNT, TMC, you know, Turner Classic Movie, TCM, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those, uh, at least one of them, uh, currently part of the CVAA, one of them previously was. And I know that when I was at WGBH, I probably described several dozen movies for Turner Classic Movies. Are you going back and trying to get old titles that were previously audio described to bring over to your streaming service? You know, that, that one is, that one is not something that I can actually speak to personally, you know, okay. um, I will, the, I'm bringing up that's all. Yeah, no, of course. But, you know, I mean, from an HBO max perspective, you know, our goal is to get like, is our goal is to continue to get as much audio description content, you know, as, as possible. Have you thought about sharing your file with HBO so that when they, like, let's say you do your HBO originals or whatever, when they air on HBO, that they also stream with uh, broadcast with audio description? Is that something that might be on the roadmap? You know, it's another thing that I can't speak to. You're asking, you're asking me the, the, the good questions, um, and I wish I could say more um, to stuff that's happening on the, the broadcast side um, okay. because it's a really great point. Um, you know, but, you know, like I said, you know, these, the, the, there's these audio description, con- you know, tracks there, we, we definitely, you know, put them out there for, for anyone who picks up our original content. You know, an interesting thing that I actually wanted to mention real quick, um, you know, you, you had talked about um, the availability of finding audio description content. Um, one thing I wanted to add uh, that I was very, very excited about is that we were actually able to add a category uh, for audio description. So if you go to the HBO Max application, the very first button that you'll find in the interface um, is a browse button. Um, and if you activate that, it brings up a, uh, a, a list of different categories. And in that list, there is a category for audio description content. Um, you can find that on our web and mobile platforms and uh, we'll be rolling that out for our other platforms as well. That's great. And thank you uh, as a new player on the scene. You've already done an incredible amount amount of work. And just because I asked a few challenging questions doesn't mean to all of you on this panel, I am not overwhelmed with gratitude what all of you are trying to do in terms of accessibility and audio description. I'm just mentioning things to think of to improve audio description among all of us on this panel uh, from a blindness perspective. All right. I'm trying to remember who is next uh, alphabetically. I believe that's Marka Pavlakova from Disney. She is the manager of library services and technical services. She has been with Disney for nine years. She is in charge of audio description for Disney Fox features, Disney Plus originals, and others. And when I read that she's in charge of the library, I tell you, I got goosebumps because of the film buff. I can't imagine having access to the original 32 prints with those beautiful cells of those animations from the early Walt Disney day. Wow, that must be amazing to see. So Mirka, why don't you tell us a little bit about Disney Plus? Hi, 
Hi, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm here representing the Walt Disney Company. I work uh, in our library and technical department. I primarily look after audio description files for Disney and now former Fox features, as well as Disney Plus Originals and others. Um, Disney has been creating AD for over two decades. And every time I say the sentence, basically Toy Story 2 pops up in my head. Um, as that was one of the first titles that went out theatrically for us with audio description included. And this was in 1999, so it's 20-something years ago. Um, and since then, we created hundreds and hundreds of files. So yeah, imagine that library is genuinely huge. <laughs> um, Disney Plus launched in November of 2019, so it's slightly under two years old. Uh, we launched with audio description already available, but prior to that, we went through a, a set of very extensive evaluations of existing files to ensure quality prior to servicing. And we basically evaluate them from everything, from writing perspective, voicing, to all the way to mixing, um, and basically way more. So because we have hundreds and hundreds of files, uh, the project is very extensive and it's still going. We'll review and evaluate and fix and upgrade and update files all the time because we want to make sure that audio description enhances the content that we stream and it leaves a lasting impact on everyone. Uh, one other thing I would like to mention is the fact that we also have foreign audio description available on Disney+, Plus, which includes German, French, Parisian, Brazilian, Portuguese, and uh, we just added uh, Latin Spanish to quite a few titles. I believe it was uh, Cruella, uh, Black Widow, and Luca. Um, I think you met uh, Mitch Ginsburg last year, and uh, one of uh, the last latest enhancements is uh, that comes out of Mitch's team is that they worked on uh, adding audio description and CC or closed caption icons to the front page of a title so consumers can tell right away whether a title has an audio description or not without actually clicking into the title. Um, Disney Plus supports mobile devices, web browsers, game consoles, you name it. It includes audio description if the title ha has audio description. Um, and if you have any issues or if you have any comments, you can also reach us on phone. It's 888-905-7888. And we also have a live chat option. Um, and it is on help.disneyplus.com. And to also cut off the text-to-speech <laughs> question, uh, we have not ventured out that way. We don't have plans to do so. It is uh, definitely something lucrative to look at. Um, however, we have not uh, ventured out that way just yet. So Mirka, one of the things that, that Disney imparted when they launched was that they went back and audio described your extensive back catalog, for instance, Steamboat Willie, which is, you know, the launch of Mickey Mouse and Snow White, which is the full first full featured length animated movie. I saw a lot of Disney movies as a deaf as a kid in the deaf school because at that time you couldn't go to the movies or watch television because there were no captions available. 
So they actually had the Department of Education at the time actually had a program where they lent movies to deaf clubs and schools in, in canisters. And um, at six years old, the nun noticed I was into watching the movies and taught me how to load to projector with a uh, 16 millimeter film. And it was, then I fell in love with film. I was six years old, responsible for loading the projector, rewinding the film and putting it back in the canister. But I am convinced with all of you on this panel who also oversee captioning, that the caption and the subtitle taught me how to read, write, and talk. And, and, and for that, I will be grateful. I just want to... Now... <clears throat> What was I going to ask you? There was a question before I went on my rambling monologue. I was going to ask you a question, but I can't think of it right now. Oh, I know. Regarding Mandalorian. Uh, when I watched Mandalorian recently, there were a lot of terminology that I never heard used in the show itself. So did the content creators work with the audio, uh, audio describer writers? to create the audio description on that show? So that is very brand specific. Um, because Disney is uh, segregated into brands, uh, you've got Pixar, you've got Marvel, you've got Lucasfilms, uh, every single brand is very heavily involved with audio description and they very much review the scripts. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, they were working together with Lucasfilms to make sure that the terminology is correct. And that was kind of cool because I remember watching it with a, Star, a fellow Star Wars geek and, <laughs> and he didn't, he's like, how, how did they know that's what it's called? Even I, so that was interesting that you actually had consultants involved in the, um, well, the production folks involved in the creation of the audio description. And I think that enhanced the audio description. So that's just something for the other panelists to think about as well. Um, it is also just to let you know, um, every brand is very heavily involved with audio description scripts. Uh, they very much review everything to make sure that everything is correctly described. And um, every single brand takes a lot of pride in it. And I want to specifically call out Pixar because Pixar is one of the brands that puts so much love into audio description. Um, you, can, you can absolutely feel it. Toy Stories and all of the Pixar shorts as well as Pixar features and everything that goes on Disney Plus is very much reviewed by Pixar. Um, they also choose their own voices because they like the way certain voices uh, carry on with the content. So that's another little touch that um, certain brands put on audio description. Uh, and I don't, because I so appreciate the work that needs to be doing, I'm just going to bring up something that many of us in the blind community do wish Disney would do, which is to read the credit of the film. Um, and I know that this has been brought to your attention, but sometimes it's frustrating for me as a film buff not to know who's actually starring in the movie. And I'm not asking for an answer. I'm just saying that that's something maybe the blind community would like to potentially see the credits. And maybe even all, I know I don't know that any of the streaming services maybe even read the credit of who wrote, which I know you guys do read the credit of who wrote it and who produced the audio description. Because if we see quality audio description, we're probably going to seek that out wherever 
we see that just like certain people would follow quality directors, actors, actresses. It's the same thing for us in the world of audio descriptions. Well, Merka, thank you. I'm a huge fan of, of Disney. I, I just went and saw um, the movie that came out last week, and I can't even remember the name of it right now. Black Widow? Thank you. Yes. It was, <laughs> it was the first time my wife let me out in public since the pandemic started. But she didn't go with me. She was not about to watch a movie about a female superhero. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I enjoyed it and I had a blast. So thank you very much. <coughs> Next, we have Apple, who uh, Sarah Herlinger, who is the Director of Global Accessibility and Initiatives. She had been with Apple since 2003, where she started in education, where she worked to make all learning content accessible to all. Apple has a culture of believing that accessibility is not only a nice-to-have or must-have, but a civil human right for all. She has overseen all areas of accessibility from Apple, from voiceover to accessibility. Uh, you know, audio description and in other areas. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, and thank you for inviting me back. I was lucky enough to be on the panel last year. Uh, so always a, a joy to be back around. Um, and I think the, you know, the big thing for us, while I'll get into some of the details, um, if I were to say it in a nutshell, it's that we're continuing to do all of the amazing things we were doing last year and um, <laughs> making sure everyone knows that those things aren't dropping off. So, um, you know, if you kind of look at Apple's work in this uh, arena in two areas, it's what we do with, um, you know, the Apple TV app and third-party partners. Um, we're continuing, as always, we request AD from our partners for any of our content to add in. Um, definitely would give a shout out to Disney. Uh, certainly the the work that you guys have done, you've been great partners for years and we've always appreciated how much you do put a, a focus on audio description. Um, and we are always thrilled that from day one, we've been getting um, that material from you. So thank you very much for your work. Um, beyond that, you know, I mean, there are many great partners out there who are doing uh, a wonderful job of providing AD for us. Uh, if you ever find that something you find it somewhere else, but you don't find it on Apple TV, please write to us at accessibility at apple.com and let us know. Um, and we will always go back to our partners and try and uh, suss that out, make sure that we get that material um, on our platform as well. Um, and then the other half of what we do is Apple TV Plus. And for anyone who's not familiar with that, um, Apple TV Plus features critically acclaimed Apple original shows and movies that are available on the Apple TV app across all of our devices. Um, our originals all support uh, audio description in nine languages. Um, we support those everywhere that Apple TV Plus is available. So in over 100 countries, meaning you can make the choice as to which uh, version of AD you want, regardless of where you are in any of those countries. So there's no sort of uh, geographical limitation around copyrights and who's running what where. So um, we love sort of those situations where, uh, you know, an American wants the French AD while they're in uh, Spain or something or in Japan or something like that. And that's a, a viable option. Um, we also are providing AD in Dolby Atmos. 
Um, that was something that was very important to us as we started Apple TV Plus was to ensure that members of the blind community were getting a, um, a an audio experience that was in parity with everybody else. As we know that um, the the audio is an inc- is the inf- incredibly important part um, for many of the members of the blind community. So um, we deliver all of those in Atmos. Uh, We're also providing closed captioning in 41 languages, once again, available in every country that Apple TV Plus is available. And one of the other interesting things that we've done um, for years now, both in terms of our Apple TV Plus content, but also um, for others, if you're a Braille display user, you can get the closed caption track delivered through your Braille display um, so it, it's basically going to media descriptions in the rotor and you can choose between braille speech or both as options. So, um, making that more accessible to the deafblind community as well. And to give one specific shout out to an upcoming, uh, something, we have a movie that is launching on, um, August 13th called CODA, uh, which yeah. stands for child of deaf adults. Um, if you would like to have a show that isn't going to scare the bejeebies out of you and will likely just leave you either laughing or crying for the full two hours, it is an unbelievably beautiful movie that um, actually won the U.S. Grand Jury Prize at Sundance this year, as well as uh, a number of other Sundance amazing prizes and uh, um you know, it's it's just, it's a beautiful movie. So I definitely encourage folks to check it out. I can't wait to see it as a friend of several CODAs. Um, it'll be interesting to see that because they're an unusual bunch of individuals having grown up culturally deaf, even though they're not deaf. And, and, and it amazing. is a, yes. yeah, it's a very poignant story of, of an incredible amount of love that this character has for her family and a lot of, trying to figure out her place in the world. And it's just so beautifully portrayed. So So, I highly recommend it. I I just want to clarify a few things for the viewing audience tonight. You said Apple TV Plus, which is your monthly subscription service. And earlier you said Apple TV. So is that what was formerly known as iTunes, where you can rent and purchase movies? Because that also so now if you, yeah, now if you go on to, you know, any of our devices, you will find something called the Apple TV app. And within that, that is where sort of the, the movies, television side of things moved um, out of, of iTunes and, and um, kind of where you would find all of your uh, video material. Because you offer thousands of titles and audio description to rent or buy also. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that would be through the Apple TV app. And we have um, been, we, we uh, mark them all with AD and CC um, in the same way that we put out ratings and everything else. You can find it right up front on every title. So since ACB the other night, announced a new campaign to get up. I forget what it's called, but it has to do with fitness. One of the things that I've been wondering about is, are there any plans to create audio description for Fitness Plus? Uh, That is a good question. Um, I can't speak to anything being done. You know, I can only speak to what's out there right now, which is they are not currently 
audio described, I would say a lot of the trainers work really hard to provide descriptions within the material. And I know I was actually just talking to a friend of mine who is a member of the blind community, um, who is an avid athlete uh, the other day, who said that he has been using Apple TV Plus since day one and focuses on doing the um, the treadmill, elliptical, biking, and rowing. And he's wow. had great success with all of those. Um, but it's a great suggestion. And I'm happy to go back to see if there's ways to augment what we're doing already. Okay, great. <laughs> and I also know that you have made youth of uh, blind consultant. I can't remember the gentleman's name right now, but but uh, on the movie C, he's a producer, I believe. Yeah, Joe, Joe Streche. Thank we, um, yeah, I think, you know, our, our goal with our original content is to try and make sure that um, regardless of whether it's from the inception with the, the scripts and the ideas through the development and the filming to the marketing and then the final, you know, how you're viewing it through Apple uh, TV Plus or, you know, the Apple TV app, um, that we are thoughtful about accessibility and all those levels. And so when we took on the television show C and wanted to, to make it one of the things that was incredibly important to us was, um, you know, first authentic representation of the blind community. Uh, it was the first time there was a, a show where basically every character was a member of the blind community. And so it was a great opportunity to, to create a show that, the mainstream world would be captivated by and excited and have all of those aspects that people love in shows with, you know, villains and heroes and uh, lovers and families and, you know, everything. Um, and, but do it all in a way to portray that, Hey, that's the blind community, whether it's portrayed as 600 years from now or the world today, um, that the blind community is incredibly robust and uh, vibrant and, and different. You know, everybody's got their own roles and they're, they are people like everybody else. So we really wanted to have that authentic representation and then as well, um, authentic casting and bringing in a lot of individuals in the community to just make sure that we did it right. And I would say Joe was a hugely pivotal part of that, of that bringing him in the start and getting him engaged on literally every aspect of the making of the show um, really was a huge part of, of the success that we've had. And lastly, the tech to speech issue. Uh, um, I would say from our perspective, we are currently focusing on, uh, you know, a live human being audio description. Um, it's kind of where we are at the moment. Uh, you know, I think as some people have said, I think, no one really knows where the future is going to go, but it's not where we are currently putting our focus. We, we like, we like the way things are at the moment and the kind of AD that we're trying to, to put out to the world today. Right. Thank you. Next is, and Daniel, forgive me if I mispronounced your name ahead of time. Daniel Kosmerick, how did I do? That's great. So you are a you know, and I'm I'm having a hard time memorizing all the bios, and unfortunately, you went last. You are the senior manager of accessibility. No, the senior manager within the global product. Uh, global Division, video supply chain. Global video supply chain, where you work with post-production facilities, TV studios, creative agencies, 
and internal uh, technology to enhance the content catalog of Amazon. Basically, you're responsible for making sure the content is there and meet the um, a quality, uh, Amazon quality standard. And if there's anything wrong with it, it's your fault. By the way, he wrote this. So I'm not saying it's his <laughs> fault. I just want to state up front, he wrote it. So if there's anything wrong, it's Daniel Coxmerich's fault. He wrote yeah. that last line. Um, <clears throat> Daniel, I know it's been a long day for you because I know you gave an hour and 15 minute presentation right before this, which is why I had you go last so you could sit down and relax and listen to what the others had to say. But uh, Amazon currently, I believe, has, has the most titles. Um, and Prime Video is a combination uh, annual subscription and a rental and purchase to own service, along with provide an audio description for IMDb TV. Is that correct? Yes. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Carl, for the invitation. And thank you, everyone, for um, your, your discussions. I was furiously taking notes and ideas down. Um, I think Amazon, uh, you know, Amazon in the, in the physical world wants to be the everything store. And in Prime Video and the digital space, we want to also be the everything platform. And so we offer content from uh, Amazon Studios through a Prime subscription, as well as, well, as well as content we license from other great studios as well. Uh, we offer uh, the option to buy and rent content to expand our catalog even further, um, as well as we offer um, subscriptions through um, to alternative uh, broadcast uh, television, other type of content through our channels program um, as well. Uh, and then we also offer uh, IMDb TV, which was a uh, AVOD or advertising video on demand service. So free video, uh, free with ads um, last year. Um, and so we're really trying to do everything uh, with Prime Video. Um, as you mentioned, we probably have the largest catalog of, of all the um, the OTT services, um, as well as um, you know our goal is to be uh, have the largest audio described catalog as well. And so, um, again, if you if you notice uh, audio described content on other services, um, you know we we believe uh, we probably have that title on Prime Video as well in some form or fashion, um, and we'd want to make sure audio descriptions are there as well. Yeah, I, I can tell you a little bit more about um, kind of our service and what we do. So Prime Video is available in 200 territories across more than 200 devices. Um, our, you know, one of the tenants we have within Prime Video is customers should be able to watch what they want, where they watch on the device of their preference. I have multiple devices at home, you know, different brands, different manufacturers. And, you know, we want to make sure that it's a seamless customer experience across all of those different devices. And that includes for audio descriptions. Um, one of the other things I think that's unique in the player is our player remembers um, you. So if you're watching a player, uh, uh, you know, watching on a title with audio descriptions and you change devices, uh, even change manufacturers, um, our player will remember that your preference is audio descriptions and, uh, you know, start other titles with audio descriptions as well. Um, if they're available. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, selection and, and uh, Amazon's activity with uh, audio descriptions. Um, we launched audio descriptions in 2018, uh, 2017, and with that, a commitment that all of our US-based Amazon originals going forward uh, would have audio descriptions available in English. Um, these are professionally produced, human-voiced audio descriptions available. Um, we also work with all of our other uh, uh, third-party uh, studios who provide content to Prime Video to, uh, to uh, track down um, audio descriptions tracks and, and recover them and get them on available on the service as well. Um, and then in addition, um, I think the, the big question we've asking is, um, are we using text-to-speech as, as well? Yes, we looked at the velocity of um, 
of how fast audio descriptions were being created. Um, we looked at the very large back catalog of content. Um, and we thought, you know, if we were going to uh, really uh, achieve the vision of what our audio description program is within Prime Video, that every single title is described and, you know, audio descriptions are generally as available as closed captions are, um, then we would need to, uh, you know, disrupt how audio descriptions are created. And so uh, we've been working on uh, text-to-speech audio descriptions uh, for um, about a year and a half. Um, to date, we've created, uh, we have over 4,000 uh, uh, text-to-speech tracks uh, live on the service. Um, and, uh, you know, we're continuing to uh, learn and iterate on, on those um, and continue to expand and grow to make selection more available. you mind if I ask you a few questions about the text-to-speech process? Yes. Yes. So I saw your CSUNG presentation that you gave back in, I think it was March. Yes. And so first of all, I will tell you, and this is coming from me, because there are some people that are for text-to-speech within the blindness community and some that are against. So these are my point of view, not the American Council of the Blind point of view. As a deaf-blind person, I sometimes find text-to-speech hard to hear because there's no uh, inflection and intent in the voice where a narrator can change the voice. So I, I worry about the prosody of the text-to-speech, the clarity of the text-to-speech for those who are hard of hearing. But the other thing is, when I saw your process, it looks like the writer does it all, writes the audio description, chooses the voice, and then publishes it. And I don't know that I want a writer doing the audio mixing if they're not trained in audio mixing, if we want to achieve, say, both around sound. Or who's going to verify, or is your software, which is going between gaps and dialogue, also taking account that you don't need to cover up gunshots, because we are smart enough to know when we hear a gunshot being fired, that you don't need to describe that. that sort of, so those are just a couple of my thoughts. I'm not, I do think text-to-speech is coming, yeah. but I do think there's also a way to do it in a way that has a high level of quality. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I agree. And I think that's one of the, the fundamental challenges that um, we're facing and debating every day as we, we work on this project, right, is, is how do we make sure that we keep the quality bar high while really kind of uh, invent and simplifying in terms of how these are created. So um, to address the, the the issue on quality, so yes, we have one person who kind of uh, does everything, the writing um, and the uh, descriptions and the time coding, and then directs the, uh, the text-to-speech engine. Um, but we have every single track before it's published on the surface. Uh, service also goes through a human quality control review. Um, so we are making sure that um, there is a second person involved in the process that, that reviews um, and, and detects those things that um, that uh, you know the writer may miss you know as a person right the more iterations you do on anything the, the better quality product there will be um, I think the other thing is yes I agree there can be um, things that um, you know machines can't uh, detect um, we're trying to uh, simplify um, these these things for the readers by using um, kind of ML uh, uh, logic to actually uh, time code the track for uh, for the writer so that they can focus more on descriptions. But again, they can always override the machine's uh, inputs. Um, and so if they find that the, the machine has uh, recommended uh, descriptions over for gunshots or another, you know, important event, they can, they can override that and they can make sure that, you know, there's no descriptions over that as well. Um, how, does, how does the software deal with audio ducking? 
Uh, yeah, so so that's the other piece is the mixing. Um, so the uh, the scriptwriter isn't actually doing the mixing. The mixing is automated as well. Um, and so it's a separate process um, that, is, that is fully automated. You, you write the script um, and you get live feedback on the audio as you're writing it. Um, but then eventually when it goes into mixing, um, that is automated as well. Um, we definitely realize there as well that it's not as good as you know, a human going through and mixing the track. Um, but we think over time we can build uh, improvements into the track to get it uh, as close um, or as uh, uh, to to you know human quality mixing in the future. Um, the benefit of of keeping everything automated, um, and and that's one of the reasons why we're going fast and we feel a little bit more comfortable about going quickly, is. Um, all of our tracks are never finished. I think that's an important thing that we can do. We can very easily uh, fix the script uh, and then, you know, automatically revoice re and remix the track. Um, if if the improvements in text to speech come, we can, you know, use new text to speech engines to, um, you know, improve improve the quality of the voicing. And as we're, you know, making improvements in the automated mixing quality process as well, um, it's very easy to for me to take all four thousand of those tracks um, and rerun them through the new enhanced improvement uh, in the mixing technology to improve the mix as well. So, so what, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So oh, it's definitely, it, we've definitely, um, you know, I think um, broken the process down a little bit, um, which, you know, at the beginning is going to, we, we may lose some of the fidelity that you get when, you know, a group of people, uh, you know, work together in a studio and really go through multiple repetitions of something and iron it out. But over time, we think because we've broken it down, we can, uh, uh, implement, um, you know, improvements in each step um, and iteratively improve the process over the long term. Have Have you done focus group for those who may have a dual sensory loss? Uh, we have not done dual sensory uh, a sensory loss. Um, we did initially did um, a focus group for um, just people who were blind or visually impaired. Um, Two hundred customers, um, and um, they said that uh, just the the summary of the results were that well. Um, 60% uh, of people preferred human voice audio description. 81% okay. uh, of them felt uh, text-to-speech was acceptable. Um, and so, um, you know, what we, again, are really trying to balance is the uh, the quality um, that you get with a premium human voice audio descriptions with just availability. And that's the tension that we're, we're we feel like we're walking a fine line towards. So, and what, what's your current policy? Because I, I see that you still release and say original content with yes. human narration. So what's your policy on deciding what gets human narration versus text-to-speech? Yeah, so all Amazon originals will still be human narrated. And if there are existing files out there with human narration, would you request those first before you do text-to-speech? Yes. That's I know of at least one show on your platform that was previously described on another plat dreaming platform that has text-to-speech now. Yeah, that, that's definitely our preference. Um, and so before we uh, s submit anything with text-to-speech, we go look um, and try to find if it's available. Um, again, because we would then like to you know, get those files, um, or if, human voice, sorry, we would like to get those files from those studios and then redirect our you know, efforts towards other things that don't have audio descriptions available in the text-to-speech space. Again, I want to state for the record that I'm not taking the position of ACB. There are many yep. in the blind community that are excited about the expanded potential for an expanded library with access to audio description. And as you said, there are some that aren't in love with it. And that's because I knew you were going to be on the panel. I'm not trying to be <laughs> hardest on you, but that I was 
I knew that if I didn't ask these questions, people would say, why didn't you ask these questions? Yeah. So no, but, absolutely. And the feedback is definitely very appreciated, right? We're, we are a year into this um, and we're, we're still learning along the way. And we, we come to these events to hear from, you know, other panelists and customers and, and get feedback. Um, uh, we're not, you know, we don't think we have all the answers. Um, in fact, we're, we're just asking most, a lot of questions right now. And I think, um, you know, if we, as we, you know, continue to ask questions, I think we, we may, will you know, hopefully be able to, um, improve this to the point that, you know, um, it meets almost all customers' expectations. I don't think it may, it may not meet everybody's for some people, text to speech may never be acceptable. Um, and that's okay. Um, again, we want to offer this, the options for customers to, you know, use text to speech or, or not. Um, so, but again, our preference is always that, uh, human voice audio descriptions would, would be available as a, as a first option, um, for customers. I guess the concern is that if, as text to speech becomes more prevalent, why would others even consider hiring human narrators? Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a that's a legitimate concern. Again, we're not trying to replace it, um, but I think that's a business decision that each studio um, needs to make. Right? Again, we don't want the trade off to be between text to speech and human. Um, that's not the trade off we're trying to address. The, really, the trade off we're trying to address is between no audio descriptions and text to speech. That's really where we want to focus and, our. And I will say attention. even. Within the audio description on my committee, there are some that are very, very supportive of your approach yep. and some that are not. But um, uh, in my approach, is it, it's coming. So if you do it, let's do it with quality quality control in mind. Yep. Yeah. And, and we're, we're still... Um... Again, we're, we're looking at feedback, right? Um, we, we started with an initial wave that kind of launched in Q4 and we're still gathering data um, and feedback um, and you know, looking to refine and improve our processes. So uh, absolutely, we, we know that this is, um, this is not perfect. Um, there's a long way to go. Um, and again, I think the, the one thing that I think um, about this technology is it's just so easy to, to kind of go back and, and reopen up uh, tracks and improve them over time. Even I enjoyed watching Columbo with text to speech the other night because I, you know, hearing about his trench coat and his disheveled hair. And that was interesting because I remember watching those shows as a kid, but I haven't seen them in 30, 40 years. And it was interesting that uh, you went back and did Columbo. So I can appreciate the fact that it will give access to back catalog. But I, as, as a, I think my concerns are more as a person with the dual sensory loss. Um, mm -hmm. And, and that's just something I hope that you consider because even now when I you talk to me, I'm not hearing every word you say, but you have enough inflection in your voice and I can put enough things in context that I can guess right more than I guess wrong. It's harder to do that when I'm hearing synthetic voice. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Uh, and yeah, I agree. There's, I think a lot of improvements to come in synthetic voicing, but um, yeah, I think it will be, a while before it meets the the human quality. But I, but I am happy that you're looking at ways to get more audio description. So I want to end on a positive note. <laughs> and I want to thank you for taking the time to answer some difficult questions and, and hope I wasn't too hard on you. Oh, no, no problem at all. Great. <clears throat> so I want to thank all the panelists. In a minute, I will open it up to questions that Janet may have gotten. Some of the other things I was asked to think about with the panelists, and I didn't bring up because I didn't think of it at the time, was 
is anybody think? And I'm just asking people to maybe write notes down. Is anybody thinking of the use day of extended audio description or alternative audio description tracks for places where there are not? For instance, if you have a musical. So when when people go to live theater, we get a pre-show with audio description at, before each act, and maybe you create a file that describes all the characters and what they're wearing in the scene so that when we finally watch the movie with audio description, we know what's going on, something, stuff like that. Other things to consider is, I hope that there's something in the blindness community called America's Treaty, where all the worlds in the country have agreed to share accessible literature and books and stuff like that to the blind community. And I think we need to change the paradigm of thinking that audio description is, you know, a First Amendment issue, which I've heard from someone to a access to like a wheelchair ramp, like a caption file. So I hope that all the streaming services, all the broadcast channels, all the cable services, all the creative content producers, join together and maybe create like a, and this is my wish list, by the way, create like a massive library of audio description files for people to access when they need them. So that you're not always dealing with all these decentralized silo media companies that don't, even within the company, sometimes the theatrical vision may not know that the television division or that the home video division created audio description files when it, even within each company. So those are a few things I would also ask to bring to people's attention. I have done more than enough talking. I wanna hear from the consumers. I wanna give them an up. Oh, first I do wanna go back to Tom and Martha because those are the only two I did not ask to give contact information. And if they wish to do so, I wanna give them the opportunity to, oh, you too, Daniel, did you give contact information? I did not, but if, if you want to contact us um, about audio descriptions in particular, the best way to do so is uh, audio-descriptions-feedback at amazon.com. That's audio. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Audio-descriptions-feedback at amazon.com. Tom, do you want to give uh, a place where consumers can get in touch with you? Sure, you can send an email to accessibility at comcast.com. And just want to clarify one thing that I said. Uh, we were talking about the difference between free and premium. So there's actually three tiers. There's the free version, uh, which gives you access to thousands of hours of TV shows and movies with obviously through ad support. For $4.99 a month, there's ad supported access to the complete Peacock library, including live sports. And then for $9.99 a month, is complete access to the Peacock Library without ads. <clears throat> so there you go. Just wanted to clarify that one question that you asked. Okay, thank you. And Martha, did you have any contact information you can share with the community at large? I do, but it's going to take me a minute to find. Okay, it. I'll come back to you. Um, we do have a. So basically, we have um, uh, a phone number that's, I was just scrambling to find it. I should have, I apologize for not having it written down. We do have um, a phone number on the CBS website, which I can um, uh, save for you. And I think it's a great idea. That's something we can easily 
uh, I assume add uh, specifically on, on Paramount Plus. So we have contact information for closed captioning um, inquiries. And, um, you know, when I saw your questions, that seems like a great thing to add to um, at Paramount Plus as well. So what I will do is I will email all of you individually and ask for you to send me whatever contact information you wish me to share with the community at large. And then Janet, who was our convention coordinator, will then send that out to all the participants uh, in the convention. So uh, in the next day or two, I'll be asking for your contact information. All of you give me whatever you want me to share, and I'll put it together in a file for Janet to send out to the community at large. You all did a great job, by the way, and I'm I'm thrilled with all of your commitment to accessibility and audio description. Okay. I, I will I will say that, um, and I mentioned this briefly earlier, but you know, for the questions that I can't answer, um, often the aforementioned Janet Ritz is the person to reach out to. So, um, you know, that would be our point of contact for questions such as those. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for an amazing panel presentation. I want to thank all of you, ACB and the Audio Description Project. Look forward to our continued collaboration on creating uh, accessible entertainment platform with audio description for all. And hopefully we'll see some of you back next year. Thank you, everybody. I hope everybody enjoyed this. Thank you, Carl. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the ACB Advocacy Update. You can reach us by emailing advocacy at acb.org. The ACB Advocacy Update is a production of the American Council of the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia. To learn more about ACB, visit us online at www.acb.org.